0: Greetings, everyone. I'm Jeffrey K. Lyons, and it's Tuesday, September 26, and this is Narrative Wars. In today's program, we talk about Elon Musk's Neuralink technology, which has now been approved for human trials. Second, OBGYN doctor James Thorpe is our hero for the week. Uh, Dr. Thorpe was recently fired for saving lives and speaking out against the COVID vaccines which he says are harming mothers and pre-born infants. And a church in Texas, in a protest against the state of Texas, which recently passed a law making it illegal for those under the age of 18 to attend drag performances, Well, this church, the Cathedral of Hope in Dallas, held a special Drag Sunday service. And finally, there's a win in the health freedom movement, anti-vaxxers are now a massive political force, according to Political, and they push back on the claims that the COVID jab is both safe and effective. These stories and the bigger picture on today's edition of Narrative Wars, I'm your host, Dr. Jeffrey K. Lyons, and you don't want to miss this. We the people of sick and tired <laughs> Let's peel back the curtain of confusion to shed light upon the mainstream media madness. And now, Narrative Wars, with your host, Jeffrey K. Lyons. We the people are sick and tired, so tired. Well, greetings, everyone. I'm your host, Dr. Jeffrey K. Lyons, and thank you for joining us for another edition of Narrative Wars. It's Tuesday, September 26, 2023, and I wanted to start off, before we get into the first piece, I wanted to start off with a couple of comments here from those of you who've been posting comments on our Getter feed. To find it, all you need to do is go to at Jeffrey K. Lyons. That's at Jeffrey K. Lyons. Well, here's a comment from R.K. Omaha Kid, and he put up a number of things here about uh, Anthony Fauci. Fauci refused to show evidence, so RFK Jr. sued him after years stone walling Fauci, eventually uh, gave him a letter saying, we don't have any, any evidence of any pre-licensed safety testing on any of the vaccines. Thank you for that uh, comment uh, from uh, RK Omaha Kid. And here's another comment. This comment from John Ferguson, 56, who says that's exactly what it is, the B system. And he was making a comment that the world uh, religion, the World Economic Forum, that they're tied into what is coming, and uh, I made a comment that, well, it looks like the precursor to the beast system, and that's what he is saying, uh, John Ferguson, 56. And here's another comment from Guitar Terry, who says, many people believe that the beast will just pop up. Uh, you're one of the few people I've heard uh, mention a beast system, which I believe will precede all of this. Well, we've got some real sharp uh, uh, listeners, here's another comment from CTM3BR. Any excuses to censor, control, and push people towards one direction? Bend the weak minds to their will. So the sentiment is that people are pushing back. Uh, they're, they went through COVID. They went through the pandemic. And uh, they're saying, uh, listeners are saying, people are pushing back. And here's another comment from Z Texan Z. 9,000 illegal alien invaders per day are coming to your front yard. You've been warned many times they're lying about the border like all else. And thank you for that, Z Texan Z. I assume this is someone who is in Texas and understands the urgency of the situation one final comment. here's one from Casey Vicky who says under the Biden Obama administration we're quickly turning into a police state praying people will wake up. Well Casey Vicky uh, seems to be uh, ahead of the ball understanding that yeah Biden isn't really making the calls, uh, that there's someone behind the scenes pulling Biden's strings. And we'll thank you for that. And I can tell that people are listening and we appreciate the feedback. Let's jump right into our first piece today, which falls into the category of transhumanism. So we're talking about Neuralink and it's a technology uh, developed by um, Elon Musk And his new company founded around 2015, 2016, Neuralink announced recently its brain-computer interface technology has been approved for human clinical trials. Uh, let's take a listen to this piece, cut number one.
1: Elon Musk's Neuralink announcing it received FDA approval for its first in-human clinical trial, meaning that it will be able to test its implant in people's brains. Anjali kimilani is here with the details. Anj, what do we need to know? Obviously, a massive milestone here for the company.
2: That's right. It is a huge milestone. They're finally, after four uh, guesses and attempts by uh, Mr. Musk, as well as a failed uh, or rather a rejected uh, filing last year, the company is finally able to move forward in its human trials. Now, this is just the first step, as we know. And uh, they did let us know by Twitter, of course, yesterday, uh, saying in a tweet that they have received the approval, which is the first step, and that recruitment has not yet begun.
0: So what they're saying is the approval for Neuralink has uh, been uh, secured for human trials. Now, they've been testing it Uh, for a number of years on animals, and you can see uh, a number of different tests out there. I saw one where a a monkey was uh, playing Pong, and uh, that uh, you may be familiar with that game. It's uh, way back in the day when uh, uh, video arcades were popular, and basically there's a ball on a screen which is going back and forth between a left paddle and a right paddle, Uh, of course, mimicking ping-pong, and it's just called pong. And so they taught this uh, monkey to play the game, and uh, the uh, reward is that you get food, which you uh, have through a straw by playing the game, and the monkey gets quite good, and uh, they train him first with a uh, joystick, but uh, over time, uh, the computer understands the monkey's... um, thoughts and moves and so then he doesn't have to use the joystick he can just play it by himself well the uh, trials have been done with animals they've had a certain amount of success but now we're moving on to human trials which is a very very different thing so uh, this is from the post-millennial September 21st 2023 and uh, Elon Musk Brain Computer Technology Neuralink Approved for Human Clinical Trials. Uh, there was an earlier announcement back in May of this year, but apparently this is another announcement, so who knows? It, it may have been approved and then held back and approved again. Uh, this announcement went out over... Uh, X, formerly known as Twitter, and, uh, quote, we're excited to announce that recruitment is open for our first in-human clinical trial. If you have uh, quadriplegia due to a, uh, cervical spinal cord injury or any amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, which is ALS, you may qualify. So what they want is uh, specific types of uh, people to submit and, um, to participate in this human trial. And they want to start with people, uh, that are severely, uh, impaired, uh, quadriplegic, uh, for example. And so what they want to do is, uh, they want to hook up a human being with a wireless brain computer interface, which they call BCI, which would enable a human being to control external, uh, devices, with their thoughts. Uh, For example, a keyboard and a mouse, and uh, then they would be able to uh, operate a computer, but just use their brain. And that's why they want to recruit quadriplegics, those that don't have use of their uh, arms. Hopefully that uh, quadriplegics would uh, gain a certain amount of functionality. So this is where we are right now, They are hoping uh, to, in the future, restore full body movement to people that are suffering from neurological diseases. I know that's a rather lofty goal. Quote, first human patient will soon uh, receive a Neuralink device. Uh, This ultimately uh, has the potential to restore full body movement. Uh, In the long term, Neuralink hopes to play a role in AI risk civilizational risk reduction. Well, those are a lot of fancy words, but what we're talking about is transhumanism, the connection between humans and machines. So it's happening right before our eyes, folks. We're going to keep this story out there and track this story as it develops. Moving to our next piece, Medical Ethics Hero. That is the category uh, that this piece falls into. Uh, Dr. James Thorpe uh, speaks out. Now, he was fired recently uh, from a Catholic uh, provider. And uh, this story is from Stu Peters, August 24th, 2023. And so, Dr. James Thorpe, who is he? He's an OBGYN, and he has 44 years of experience in his field. Over 150 scholarly publications uh, he has published, and so he is someone who has been uh, in the research forefront In the OBGYN community, he's contributed. Uh, He's uh, not only been peer-reviewed, he's been a peer-reviewer himself. So he's contributed to the scholarship in the OBGYN community, and he has quite a lot to say regarding pregnancies and infants. Let's take a listen to this, and this will be uh, cut number two.
3: Dr. Thorpe worked for a Catholic hospital system, SSM Health. Now, the Catholic Church teaches that the unborn are just as human as any of us. They oppose abortion for that reason. So their hospitals ought to support a doctor speaking up for the unborn and for pregnant women. But SSM Health did not do that. Instead, just days ago, on July 20th, they fired Dr. Thorpe. According to the man that fired him, SSM CEO Kevin Elledge, Thorpe was a model physician and just had to be let go for financial reasons. Of course, the U.S. health system absolutely prints money, and SSM is a nonprofit. So this was a cover story. They wanted James Thorpe gone because of what he said about these shots. Thorpe was repeatedly pressured to take a large money sum, a bribe in essence, along with a gag order. But he refused multiple times until finally they just simply told him he was fired. And then circulated this email suggesting that he had committed serious misconduct. We believe that Dr. Thorpe should sue the hell out of them, and he's now considering a possible lawsuit against SSM Health, not just over his termination, but for their wider, unchristian behavior. And he joins us now. Dr. Thorpe, thank you so much for coming.
1: Thank you so much for having me on your platform.
3: Yeah, of course. So, I mean, do you agree with that? I mean, the sole reason that you were fired is because you had a dissenting viewpoint away from the golden cow, away from the sacred sacrament of the COVID shots.
1: Well, what I'll say is this, Stu, there's absolutely no question that I was immediately terminated after I made, of course, the debut in the Died Suddenly movie after I testified with... Uh,
0: so we're going to interrupt briefly. We're going to return to that uh, piece um, cut number two, but if you have not seen the Stu Peters film, uh, Died Suddenly, it's on the Stu Peters uh, Network platform, uh, you can find it on Rubble. Rumble. I strongly advise, I strongly recommend you take a look at that, uh, because the evidence is quite compelling regarding harm which is caused by the COVID vaccines. Remember, they said, oh, it's 100% effective. Well, that didn't really turn out to be correct. No, it didn't. No, no, it wasn't effective 100%. In fact, uh, 80% or higher of um, people living in the United States uh, have had it, and the majority of those people have had the uh, jab. So, uh, no, it wasn't effective at all. And was it safe? Well, watch the film Died Suddenly. And you decide for yourself. Let's continue with cut number two.
1: Senator Ron Johnson in, in December and after I appeared on Tucker Carlson and on your show numerous times. And in my opinion, that's the only reason that I can ascertain as to why I was immediately fired, especially since, according to some, I uh, was allegedly the, by far and away the largest money producer in the entire department
0: so this story makes no sense at all. Dr. James Thorpe has been the largest money producer in the Catholic Hospital where he was working, and yet he was fired. Now, they tried to silence him, as uh, the cut mentioned. They tried to pay him off a large amount of money. Just be quiet. Don't speak out against the vaccine. Don't speak out against the jab. He would not do it. And the reason he wouldn't do it was because he would trying to take care of his patients. And his patients were not just mothers, you know, OBGYN, you're taking care of the mother and the pre-born infant. And his concern was injuries both to the mother and to the infant. And we've heard a number of stories reported. In fact, I've spoken with some people personally uh, that have uh, talked about not only um, increases in miscarriages of which... I know of some cases personally, people I've talked to, but also cases where uh, women of childbearing age, injury in terms of infertility occurring uh, to people that are young in their 30s and in their 20s. So these are all big concerns. And uh, so let's uh, dig a little bit deeper here. In a piece on the Totality of Evidence uh, website, uh, this is, again, Dr. James Thorpe. 13 July 2022, uh, this particular article was put up. It said the visor FOIA documents were released to the public, and they revealed that there were 274 pregnancy adverse events. And this was way back, again, uh, in uh 2022, July of 2022, uh, 75 were serious, and yet the public health authorities and the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists strongly recommended the vaccine during pregnancy. So 275 pregnancies had adverse events, 75 were serious, and the American uh, College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists said, hey, no problem here. Yeah, just keep giving them the jab. Uh, Dr. Thorpe, uh, he had the courage to say, no, that's not right. No, I look. There it is. Yeah, it's a flag on the field. And I'm not going to I'm not going to uh, agree with that. I'm going to raise the flag. And Dr. Thorpe did that. I didn't put that flag on the field. He did that, which makes him the person of the week for narrative wars. So Dr. Thorpe, uh, he took the risk, uh, risking his career by speaking out on the truth of what uh, he saw in his practice and and what was publicly available. And the Pfizer documents and the VAERS documents are showing that uh, Dr. Thorpe was uh, vindicated that yes, there are some very dangerous uh, adverse effects showing up regarding these vaccines for pregnant women. Uh, These mRNA vaccines, they are not safe uh, in pregnancy for both mother and a growing child. And this is what Dr. Thorpe was saying. Uh, Another final comment here is that you'll notice that the people that are pushing back quite often, especially doctors, There are people who've been uh, practicing for many years, sometimes 10, 20, or more years, and uh, it kind of makes sense. Look, if you're young and you're a doctor and you're just out of medical school, you've got horrendous uh, medical uh, school bills that you still owe uh, in the six figures, and it's going to take many years. So, Yes, they're going to comply uh, quite often because they don't want to lose their jobs. They don't want to lose their careers. Uh, They got this uh, debt hanging over their head. So this is why you see quite often doctors who've been uh, practicing for many years. Those medical bills are paid off. They've got creds under their belt. They've been publishing. They've spoken at conferences. They're known. They're a known entity these are often the ones that are speaking out against these COVID vaccines and saying, uh, we need to tap the brakes here. It doesn't look safe and it doesn't look effective. Well, Narrative Wars continues to expand its audience, both in the United States and internationally. And we want to give a shout out to our listeners this month in Brunei, United Kingdom, Canada, and India. And for all of our listeners, we thank you. We know you could do other things with your time, and we honor your commitment to free speech and American values that still make us proud to be living in the land of the free and the home of the brave. And some of you may have been wondering, why did we start Narrative Wars? I was a professor of communication studies for 10 years at three different universities. I'm also a person of faith. The purpose of Narrative Wars is to confront the mainstream media madness by exposing the lies and the gaslighting that permeates the legacy media. In addition, we dare to view current events through a Judeo-Christian lens. Now, last week... We rolled out our first Thursday edition of Narrative Wars that did a deep dive in the concept and theory of postmodernism, And we may continue to release future Thursday versions of Narrative Wars, which will also investigate uh, one particular topic. Uh, we're calling those Thursday programs Thoughtful Thursdays. So please comment on Getter if you have any suggestions For future Thursday programs. For now, we're continuing to release Narrative Wars episodes every Tuesday with no major changes in the format. Each Tuesday, we'll continue to discuss current news topics by shedding light on the mainstream media madness. And finally, a big shout out to those listeners who are now following us on Getter. I do enjoy receiving your feedback and reading some of those comments on the air. Again, you can follow us on Getter and find us by going to at Jeffrey K. Lyons and that's Lyons with a Y. For more information, visit our website at narrativewars.org That's narrativewars.org Also, when you listen to us on your favorite podcasting app, please five-star rate, follow, and send our podcast link to two to three like-minded friends. That's how we continue to expand the Narrative Wars posse. We truly appreciate your support. You are the reason why we do this program. And now, let's continue. Well, let's take a look at this next piece, which falls into the category of Doctrines of Devils. Spiritual warfare is the next topic, which is up. Now, I have to give a slight warning here. And if you're a a mom or a dad and there's small children in the room, you know your kids better than I do. But this story might be a little bit intense for smaller children. We're going to be talking about this uh, Texas Church Cathedral of Hope Uh, which had a special service, and it was acknowledging and honoring drag. So uh, just a bit of heads up here. If you're in the car and the kidlings are there and they're young, you might want to put this one on pause and and, uh, listen to the rest of it at a more appropriate time. That being said. This story deals with spiritual warfare, and if you're a fan of Charlie Kirk, Jack Posobiec, and some other podcasters, you've already heard the term spiritual warfare because they've been mentioning it uh, on a number of different topics in past shows. And uh, I listen to those uh, podcasters and and thoroughly enjoy them. Here's the bottom line. The true battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against unseen forces in our world uh, described as principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness in the letter to the Ephesians. So the following story has to do with an event that recently took place at a church in Dallas, Texas. And uh, that church is called Cathedral of Hope. And they had a special service for the drag queen group, Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. You might remember them. They showed up a, at an L.A. Dodgers game a few months back. Well, this Texas church drew protests on Sunday over its support of LGBT activists known for dressing in mock nun outfits. The Cathedral of Hope in Dallas held a drag Sunday service to bless members of the, quote, sisters of perpetual indulgence. And that's according to the Daily Dallas Express Let's take a listen to this piece and it's cut number three. We recognize that all people are made in the loving image of God, no matter who they are, how they dress and express themselves, or who they love. We celebrate this divine diversity and commit to lifting up the voices of the LGBTQ plus community and creating spaces where everyone can thrive. And here you can see that word again, diversity, which is being used all throughout society in America today. You remember DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion. So they are celebrating a drag in a church and the protesters outside of the church where this service is being held, uh, they are saying, we don't want our children underneath the age of 18 to be exposed to drag performances. Let's continue.
1: Drag queens
3: are often targets of hate and violence, but we know that they are powerful and resilient people who show us what it means to be truly authentic and expressive. We honor their strength and we pledge to be
1: allies to the drag community.
0: So these are people in a church pretending to be ministers. They're honoring the drag community and they're pledging themselves to the drag community. How about pledging yourself to the word of God? How about pledging yourself to uh, protecting children? How about pledging yourself to purity and the innocence of childhood? Nope, nope. We're going to pledge ourselves to the drag community. And finally, we continue with this last bit of the cut. Cut number three.
3: Recognizing the full humanity and their incredible contributions to our world.
0: I'm really not sure what incredible contributions to the world the drag community has made. Uh, Performing in front of children, drag queen story hour, uh, sexualizing children at a very young age, Why can't children just be children? Well, a couple other pieces here related to this occurrence at this church in Dallas, the Cathedral of Hope. This is from a piece in the Independent Journal Review, September 23rd, 2023. The Texas church drew protests Sunday over its support of LGBT activists known for dressing in mock nun outfits. Uh, Cathedral of Hope in Dallas held a drag Sunday service. Boy, I'm glad uh, that is not the church that I attend because I would be running out the back door as quickly as I could. Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence These were the drag performers at the service. Service was held in response to a new Texas law currently held uh, up in court. It protects children from being exposed to sexual performances. Now, here's another piece, CBN News, September 20th, 2023, and it cites Charlie Kirk, who says uh, this is blasphemy. Again, uh, they mention that Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence are a controversial drag group. They dress up as nuns, they mock religious imagery, and it reveals a blasphemous portrayals of the crucifixion, which I've seen that. Um, and you can go look for that if, if, if you want. If you got nothing better to do, uh, it's out there. Uh, Cathedral of Hope Congregation. Uh, affiliated with the United Churches of Christ, is said to be the largest LGBTQ-friendly church in the world. Uh, you know, if you're in this uh, church, United Church of Christ, I strongly uh, suggest you go running out the back door and find some other place to attend. Uh, the outlet reported the church decided to hold Sunday service as a response to uh, the bill, Senate Bill 12, the new Texas law protecting minors from being exposed to sexually oriented performances. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with minors being uh, protected from sexually oriented performances? Minors are not allowed to go into strip clubs. I I, I don't see the issue here. Why can't we protect children and let children be children? Uh, Keep this one in prayer for those of you who uh, believe in prayer uh, because it's being challenged in court. Now, I mentioned earlier that what this is is spiritual warfare. Let's dig a little deeper into this. 1 Timothy 4, 1-3, uh, the Spirit says in latter times, uh, there will be those that abandon the faith and they follow deceiving spirits, things taught by demons. This is what's going on here, folks. If you're not paying attention, this mock service and basically a pledging in the Cathedral of Hope to the uh, LGBTQ-friendly community. Uh, This is spiritual warfare. This is abandoning the Christian faith. And this is following deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Continuing, such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences are seared as with a hot iron. It also says they forbid people to marry. One other passage we want to take a look at is Revelation 2, 18 to 21. And in verse 20, it says, and this is written to the church in Theatira or Thyatira, uh, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess. And I would suggest to you that, again, we don't fight against flesh and blood, this is a spiritual battle. This is what spiritual warfare looks like. Jezebel was a wicked, wicked queen, and you can read about her uh, in the Bible in the Old Testament. But why does this in Revelation two say you tolerate the woman Jezebel? The reason is because Jezebel is a demonic spirit, and that spirit of Jezebel is still around today. What are the? De- what is the? This passage say about Jezebel, you tolerate the woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess, in other words she calls herself religious, she calls herself a a person who follows God, but by her teaching she misleads my servants by being sexually immoral. So sexual immorality is the result of listening to the lies of this spirit of Jezebel. And I would submit to you, that is what was taking place in Dallas, in this church, the Cathedral of Hope in Dallas, Texas. So moving on to our final piece here, and this has to do with a big win for pushback against vaccines, especially the unsafe and non-effective COVID jab. And this piece uh, comes from WLT Reports, September 23rd, 2023. And this is a soundbite from uh, Steve Bannon and the War Room. You're going to hear Steve Bannon introduce Dr. Naomi Wolf, who is pushing back against the COVID jabs and talking about the anti-vaxxer movement, which is gaining power and momentum. Let's take a listen to this, cut number four. Naomi, there was a massive article in Politico the other day that, and
1: I I, I, I get amazed every day, whether it's a Guardian, a Politico, New York Times, Washington Post, how many of the pieces deal with the topics and the personalities that we're providing a platform every day, and of course, this, this article was about something we told folks was going to be massive, and that is what they call the anti-vax movement is now a massive political force in this country. And the White House has, quite frankly, been asleep and the Bidens have been dismissive. And now they're sitting there. They like don't know how to respond. And, and they're in panic mode because concerned parents and concerned people uh, have just had enough of they're just not believing what the biopharmaceutical uh, industry complex is telling people.
2: This Politico story is fascinating and very satisfying um, because this audience will remember that a year and a half ago, I was saying this issue, which seems to be, it is positioned as being a marginal issue, meaning um, bodily autonomy, medical freedom, resistance to mandates and lockdowns, and parental rights, which is uh, related to one of my personal heroines, Tiffany Justice, who's also going to be on the show today. Um, These things started out so at the fringes and people who cared about them were mocked and demeaned and diminished by the legacy media. So what's happened very, very predictably is that this has turned into um, probably the biggest issue that any presidential candidate has to deal with if he or she is going to win in 2024.
0: So that conversation was uh, Steve Bannon uh, with uh, his program, uh, War Room, and he was interviewing uh, Dr. Uh, Naomi Wolf, and she has a uh, program, uh, Daily Clout. And so they were, again, discussing that uh, a number of years ago, the anti-vax movement uh, didn't have a lot of momentum. It was kind of on the fringes. And yet over time, the health freedom movement has picked up more and more steam. It's picked up more and more momentum, and rightly so. Now, we talked about earlier uh, in the uh, show The Stu Peters film that came out, and it's been out for a while now, but the film was called Died Suddenly. And so the information has been out there. It's been growing. People have been accessing that information through alternative media sites such as Rumble, BitChute, others. And so this information is getting out there and it has been growing and growing in terms of momentum. And people have been talking to each other. They've been turning off the legacy media. Uh, We also did a story uh, a number of weeks ago, uh, which showed that the cable television uh, does not have uh, a, a primary place. Anymore in the average American household, that the average American is watching streaming news services and alternative media, alternative sources for news and information. So, cable is diminishing uh, in terms of its influence in uh, the households of Americans. And so all of these factors kind of bundled together. Uh, people have been getting sick, who've had the COVID shots. People talk to other friends and neighbors. Uh, they found out it was all a lie in terms of uh, effectiveness, that you wouldn't get COVID. Well, that was wrong. People got covid And uh, they said it was safe, and people are being injured uh, all over America and all over the world. And that information comes out in a very powerful way in the movie, uh, Died Suddenly. Again, put out by Stu Peters on the Stu Peters Network. You can find that on Rumble. So this has all contributed again to the anti-vax movement. So there've been five stories that have come out now uh, on political because there you know when something becomes a powerful uh, movement in terms of having a political clout, affecting elections. Well, it gets the attention of Politico. So uh, this is good in terms of uh, it's gotten their attention. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., uh, he, of course, is on the radar. He has pushed back and he's written extensively on the jab and how it's unsafe. There's the Children's Health Defense Group, uh, and they are also another a nonprofit uh, which has uh, gained a lot of momentum. Uh, what's funny is this article from Political. It, it says, "Oh, nonprofits not good uh, because they're getting a lot of donations. So you know they, they have to spin it somehow in order to say uh, that that there's some sort of uh, uh, mal intent going on here. Uh, not really." They're just wanting to get the information out and support those who are getting this information out, uh, which is what the health freedom movement is all about. Now, quote, COVID vaccines have been the foot in the door for the more general anti-vaccine movement. And unfortunately, that door is open pretty wide now, uh, says uh, Dr. Dave Gorski, Michigan-based oncologist. So... This story continues. The funding spike reflects a sea change for once fringe entities. Ooh, let's see. Now, if there's not a lot of people that are pushing back on the, the, uh, the vax and the, and the COVID uh, shots, then the uh, mainstream media can just uh, uh, stigmatize them as being fringe Uh, Of course, uh, the other favorite word is extreme, so they can uh, use this kind of terminology. But once they become a political force and uh, it becomes a topic that they see is going to affect elections nationwide, not just the presidential elections, but uh, gubernatorial state elections and the down-ballot races, uh, this becomes a concern All right, the article continues, though, these groups have been trying to roll back vaccine requirements for years. The movement has gained new traction in a post-pandemic world. Well, yeah, it has. Uh, Earlier this year, a lawsuit funded by the anti-vaccine group Informed Consent Action Network forced Mississippi to allow religious exemptions for mandatory childhood vaccinations for the first time in four decades. Well, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with parents having the right to make a decision which they feel is going to protect their children? We're already seeing injuries all over the world and we're seeing deaths which are vaccine-related. Why not Allow parents protect their minor children. So again, this uh, organization, if you want to check it out, Inform Consent Action Network. Well, wrapping up today's program on narrative wars, let's take a look at the bigger picture. In case you haven't noticed it, there's an assault on children in America today. The good news is that those who love life are beginning to see multiple victories, and that is a good thing. Yep, that is a good thing. Multiple victories out there. Thanks, guys. Thanks. First, Roe v. Wade, which legalized abortion in the United States, was overturned by the Supreme Court. And that was back in June, uh, June 24th, 2022. It was overturned after 49 years being the law of the land, uh, effectively legalizing abortion. Now, states have to decide on a state by state basis if abortion will be legal or illegal. Second, doctors such as Dr. James Thorpe are speaking up for the unborn and their mothers by opposing big pharma and the COVID vaccine industry that's causing harm to expectant mothers and babies. And third, Child trafficking is now being exposed in a big way. And this is through the movie Sound of Freedom. So people are talking about this and people are pushing back and they're getting involved. They're trying to find out how can I be part of the solution to take down child trafficking, not only in the United States, but around the world. And uh, this is something we highlighted before the film came out. And now the movie, Sound of Freedom, it's breaking independent movie release records. It recently topped all expectations. According to Newsweek, uh, it has now earned $182.58 million. And the movie is continuing uh, to be shown now around the world. The movie had a budget of only $15 million. Well, there used to be a time when childhood was cherished and even protected by society. It seems like there's no longer the case. Uh, Last June, during a gay queer Pride Month uh, celebration, people chanted in a parade in New York City, we're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children, Uh, and we covered that story on Narrative Wars. That was back in June of 2023. And here's a story from Newsweek, which is a win in the category of protecting children. Uh, The Cape Coral art teacher in Florida, Casey Scott, she was employed at Trafalgar Middle School, and that's in Florida, and said that she and her students were discussing sexuality. She told them that she was pansexual. Is that really appropriate, you might wonder? Well, Scott also said children asked to draw pictures illustrating their sexuality. But after putting them up on display, she was asked to remove them by school staff before she was fired Her termination has sparked a debate on social media about free speech as well as the state's attitude to discussions about sexuality. Numerous other states have also passed similar laws similar to the one passed in Florida. And uh, these other states are now considering those laws coming up in the 2024 legislation. So we're going to track that as we see other bills around the country begin to move through state houses, and these would be other bills that restrict LGBTQ curricula in the public schools. You know, there was a time when the word gay simply meant happy. Remember the Christmas song, It's the Most Wonderful Time of Year? Remember the lyrics that stated, It's the Happiest Season of All? with those holiday greetings and gay happy meetings, when friends come to call, it's the happiest season of all. Well, songs like this were sung in innocence without any political overtones. Now, here's another example. There's a Christmas song, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Here's a few of those lyrics. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. From now on... Our troubles will be out of sight. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Make the Yuletide gay. From now on, our troubles will be miles away. Well, these lyrics were never written with the intent to turn the Christmas holidays into a gay pride month. But now, in the last few decades, gay activists have proposed the idea that Even Jesus was gay. The destruction of purity and innocence seems to have no limits. In fact, the goal seems to be the destruction of childhood itself. Well, fortunately, I still have some wonderful memories of my childhood, and I hope you do too. I can remember playing with neighborhood children. I remember a best friend that was a year older who lived next door. I remember when he told me that he first kissed a girl. I thought it was a little weird, but it was quite innocent. And after he told me, I just said, okay. Then we went back to playing baseball. I remember fireworks on the 4th of July and New Year's Eve day and getting together with my cousins. The wonderful sounds and colors in the air with explosions accompanying them. I remember a group of boys in the neighborhood that wanted to form a tree climbing club. It was pretty cool for about one, maybe two weeks. I don't remember the names of those boys anymore. I do remember my first bicycle. It was a Schwinn. I thought it was really cool. My dad put it together and gave it to me on Christmas morning. It was so exciting to ride it. I jumped right on it, and I rode it for about 20 seconds before I crashed into a telephone pole. Wasn't sure who put that telephone pole there. I didn't quite have the concept of steering quite yet in my mind. I loved that bike, and eventually I got quite good at riding it and quite good at avoiding telephone poles, even though I did have a few other crashes uh, into other things. I didn't know if I was like most other kids, but my mother was a teacher, and I thought that was pretty cool. In any case, on the first day of every summer, my mother used to always take me to the library. I'd check out books and I guess that's what you do when you go to the library, you check out books. And I just assumed that all my other friends checked out books also on the first day of the summer, just like I did. I love to read and reading stories about adventures around the world, it was really exciting to me. You know, thoughts about sexuality, gender, girls, they didn't even surface until middle school, And at that time, we were told that puberty was going to happen and that even though it'd be awkward, we'd all survive. Terms like gender identity, transgender, gay, bisexual, queer, and other words similar to these. Well, these were words that weren't part of our vocabulary back then. And fortunately, my child was prior to the advent of the internet. And cell phones, and screen time. There wasn't any TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, or social media, and we all survived. We actually talked to other human beings on something called a telephone. We even wrote handwritten notes to each other, and sometimes, you know, if it was summer and someone was in another state or on vacation... We might even write a letter. Remember those things? Letters? Snail mail? Well, all I can say is that children still need to be protected. And childhood still needs to be cherished. I hope that you have some special memories of your childhood that you still cherish. Until next time for Narrative Wars, I'm your host, Dr. Jeffrey K. Lyons. We the